0: Coach Corey Wayne, and this is my video coaching newsletter. And the topic of today's newsletter is going to be over-pursuing to the extreme. I've got an email here from a guy who actually overpursued this woman. What's interesting is he always had a crush in this girl when he was in high school. And then later on, when they were in their mid-20s, they ended up reconnecting. And he says because at one point in his life when he was younger, he was the victim of an armed robbery and was very traumatic. He had got PTSD from it. He always had social anxiety because of that. What's interesting is this woman that he always had the hots for when they reconnected, apparently she liked him too. And because he had this social anxiety problem, he always kind of kept her at arm's length and without realizing it, that actually created attraction. And so what's interesting is she really started to like him, started to pursue him more and then as soon as he started liking her, he started chasing her to the point where she eventually got a restraining order against him for stalking and then he posted something on Facebook and then he ended up serving like three months in prison or in jail because of it. And the interesting thing is, is that after he got out, obviously at some point that's when he found... My work, he said, this happened a couple of years ago, and so he's dating two women right now. And the woman that got the restraining order against him actually had it rescinded, and she's reached out to him recently. And he's doing well with women. He's thinking, "What the fuck?" So he asked my opinion. It's just an interesting story because, and what I like about this, when I chose to go through his emails, because it's like the extreme. Like there was a video I did a couple of years ago. I think it was called a Clueless Creepy Stalker or something like that and and it's like – the idea is like I try to go through picking emails that I can go through with you. It's like to give you the best and the worst case and everything in between of what potentially can happen so you can learn from these things and not make the same mistakes because no matter where you are in life, no matter how bad things get, there's always somebody who is way worse off than you are. And when you think about it, if you're watching this video, there literally is a a, a little over a billion people that are going to go to bed tonight with empty bellies and starving. And if you're watching this video, you got electronics, you got access to the internet, and there's a lot – of the majority of the people on this planet live in just horrible poverty and so there's always somebody that's got it worse than you are. So no matter how shitty your day is or how bad things get or how bad things look or how badly you've been screwed over, there's always somebody that's worse off than you. And what's cool is he wanted me to – this guy, he's, he says, I think this would be a great email for you to discuss so people can learn from – because this woman really liked this guy and he, he, he totally turned her off to the point where he ended up serving three months in jail because of it. So I have a quote that I wrote and then I'm going to go through his email. And the quote says, "When strong romantic feelings develop in people, they sometimes do emotionally irrational things in order to obtain the love and affection of someone they desire. When a man does not have a strong sense of his own self-worth and emotional self-control, this usually will put him into a fearful state. Fear of loss is a powerful motivator. It's like one of the things that Master Yoda said in the Empire. It actually was in the newer ones." He basically said that fear of loss is a pathway to the dark side so the quote continues on this leads men trying to compensate for what they feel they lack on the inside by trying to force things with women they desire they call too much try too hard and generally allow themselves to become doormats and submissive in a delusional attempt to please women and win their affection this actually repulses and often scares women because the men become feminine and act like stalkers. Dating is like tennis. Men should extend their invitations and give women the space and time to accept or reject them outright. If a woman does not make you feel wanted and lacks enthusiasm about spending time with you, never grovel, beg, or plead. Have the guts and inner strength to let go, walk away forever, and keep searching until you find someone who values what you have to offer. If you want women to desire and respect you, then you must act like you are worthy instead of trying to prove you are worthy. Truth is self-evident. It needs no explanation. It simply is. So with that said and that in mind, let's go through his email. He says, hey coach, this is partially a testimonial about how to completely screw up an 80% initial attraction and it's partly a question. I'm 25 years old now and when I was 21, this girl I was highly attracted to in high school started talking to me again. She always wanted to hang out with me from the very first moment we started communicating. I never wanted to or rather I would always tell her I was busy. This was actually true as I was going after my purpose and nothing would stop me. This and my time being unavailable really turned her on. Little did she know I had social anxiety due to not spending time with anyone in years after being a victim of an armed robbery and developing severe PTSD. I remember I had a a girlfriend of mine. And I remember she was hanging out with some guys that were friends and these guys were kind of dealing – it was like she was – this was like when I was in my 20s and so she she smokes weed, smoked weed, did other things and she kind of ha- hung out with a somewhat dodgy crowd and I remember she was telling a story. This I think this happened a couple years before I met her. This was like back in my mid-20s. I knew her and I think it was like around town when she was like 20, 21. She was over at this guy's house. They were all getting high. Doing their thing, there's four or five of them, and like literally four or five dudes bust in with guns, and they shot to death two people in front of her, and she ended up surviving this. They didn't shoot her. It's like they just shot the the, these guys killed the dudes that were actually dealing the drugs and stuff. And it's like I remember telling the story. I mean, it's that's a pretty fucking traumatic thing to go through when you're like 18, 19, 20, 21 years old, and it definitely had a sobering effect on her and the kind of it was like a wake up call the, the kinds of people that she was hanging hanging out with i don't know if it was like the kind of gang related or it was competing drug factions you know competing for territory or whatever it was it was just kind of one of those things like holy shit it's like it was a really crazy story so i mean that that's a traumatic thing so i can totally underst- understand like where this guy's come coming from and how that can really have a negative effect So he continues on anyway. She continued to chase me for two years. During those two years, she probably asked me to hang out with her 15 different times. She always wanted to spend Christmas Eve with me and spend my birthday with me. Well, I mean, at that point, she was definitely into you. I told her I had too much work to do and on weekends, I mostly caught up on sleep. This was true, but like I said, my social anxiety and PTSD was also a factor. Of course, I could have found time to meet her on a Saturday night. About two years after we started talking again, so I guess this would put him at about 23, I finally came over to her place. The way she looked into my eyes, it was obvious she had some sort of image of me as a dominant alpha male built up in her mind after two years of me being unavailable. So it's like without really realizing it, He was doing everything right and that's what's interesting. It's like when the light bulb started going off in my head when I was in my late 20s, early 30s and I started like really connecting the dots because like in my 20s, my problem was every time I got got to date somebody I really liked, it didn't last very long but girls, I wasn't that into. They just wouldn't leave me alone at all. And it's like that's one of the reasons why I realized it's like you have to treat them all the same, especially the ones you really like because when guys meet women that they're really into, they tend to put them on a pedestal and start treating them like a celebrity and being extra nice because they don't want to screw it up. And when a woman starts to sense that a guy is a little too nice, a little too compliant, he's a little soft if you will, she's going to start to test and see – what. She can get away with they start out as minor tests in the beginning and then when she sees the weakness and she tests again and again and it's like she becomes more and more bold to the point where she just becomes outright rude and disrespectful and then the guy always apologizes when she's being rude to him to the point where she literally starts treating this guy like a doormat just thinking does this dude not have a fucking spine and she's just constantly tweaking his fucking balls. But the nice guy, of course, the guy that's too nice and too soft won't stand up for himself because he's seen in enough movies and television programs, the majority of them. That's, that's how guys are portrayed, very effeminate, very weak, always kiss ass, always take the blame for everything, be super duper nice, solve all her problems, fix her car, you know, unclog her toilet, whatever it needs to be, and she'll make you her husband or her boyfriend. And in the real world, that doesn't happen. And that's why I, there's when I talk about movies to watch, there's only a, a few actors and a few movies that I, every once in a while when I talk about them, I think are really good where you see a good archetype where they actually, the script writers got it right. 99% of the time, completely wrong, the exact opposite of what we should be doing. But there are a few out there like Daniel Craig who's, Played the James Bond role in the last couple, like, four or five movies, I, I think it was. Like Pierce Brosnan in The Tailor of Panama was a really good one. Um, and then Cary Grant, I think it was Charade with Audrey Hepburn. Now was like one of my favorites. I mean, he was just an absolute master of charming banner, being playful, not serious, to the point where it just you just – it was beautiful what he, he did on film and there was a couple of other, other ones that he did. There was one with Catherine Hepburn. I can't think of the name right now. But those are some really good ones that come to the top of my mind that are – or or some of the movies with Steve McQueen, like one of them I think Cinnamon Girl with Anne Margaret. That was, I mean that was made in like early 60s and before I was born but it was just – most of his movie roles, he played a fucking alpha male and he was always – in the movies – most of his movies he was really good with women he played that strong male type character and he was like that in real life even though most of his life he was pretty abusive towards his wives and what i thought was cool about his life story was that is those last four or five years of his life when he was with his third wife it's like things really clicked for him he really got it he finally came to a place where he'd accepted himself and he had peace and and even his wives, that he was the first two wives that he just terrorized in essence at times. You could tell even 30 something years later, they still really hold him in high regard even though he was just horrible to them at times. That was a great documentary, I think it was called I Am Steve McQueen, it just came out in the past year. It's fantastic. It's where I got one of my favorite quotes from him. I live for myself and I answer to nobody. The first time I came over, she pulled something out of her purse and said, do you know that they make chocolate-flavored birth control? He says, I mean, does it get any easier than that, Corey? I was oblivious and clueless. And it's like when I really started clicking, I remember thinking back to times in my 20s where it's like women were really into me and I had no fucking idea. But it wasn't until I really learned this stuff that I looked back and was like, ah. Oh, It's like, that's why I'm excited for young guys that are learning, guys that are, you know, 18, 19, 20 years old, early 20s. It's like they can learn this stuff and it's like they don't have to go through what I went through. They don't have to miss out on all these great fucking opportunities when they're young. They get to have those experiences and I'm happy for them. And it's like, so the suffering that I went through and the difficulty that I went through, somebody can watch and learn and read the book and. Things can be effortless and it's like when they get to be my age, it can be way ahead of where I am success-wise in every area of their life. She wanted me very badly and she had a choice of many different guys. I was the quintessential dominant alpha male in her eyes and I didn't even know it. I'm sure you know where it goes from here. I got really into her and over the next few weeks, I began chasing. She blocked me on Facebook, but not on her cell phone. And it reminds me there was a girl that I was really good friends with in high school, and she had a boyfriend in high school. And we used to eat lunch together every day, me, her, and another girl, girlfriend of mine. And you know, both of them had boyfriends, and we were just we were buddies. And I had no idea at the time, but this girl like had the hugest crush on me. I just could not fucking. I had no idea. I was so totally clueless. And it wasn't until I was like 21, 22, I ran into this other friend of mine that, you know, the three of us used to have lunch pretty much every day. And she says, oh, yeah, so-and-so. I had this huge crush. And I was like, I thought, really? And so was, I, somehow we ended up reconnecting and running into each other again. And we went out a couple of times. I never made a move to kiss, kiss her. And then she ended up starting to date some dude that she was working with. And it was just it was I just totally fun with the football. We were in my room one night, we're like laying on the floor and her contact lenses like folded up and I was like kind of like on top, you know, hovering over, trying to help her find her contact lens, and it was like thinking I, I think about that even now, I'm just thinking, Oh man, God, it was so clueless, I had no fucking idea. And she realized at that point that I still I didn't know what I was doing. But because of how I was and and I never made – I never even expressed any kind of interest in her at all. I didn't think of her that way. I mean she had a boyfriend. And I was friends with her boyfriend It just the thought never really crossed my mind. I thought she was really attractive and everything but it was just like – it was a fucking train wreck. So it's like when I'm reading this guy's story, it's like it brings back memories. She then gave me another chance after I went no contact for three weeks but I immediately started over pursuing again. And I see a lot of guys do that. They, 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 they start dating a girl and they screw, screw it up and then they start kind of like thumbing through my book, watching a few videos. And I go, oh, all right, I'll just back off and do nothing, tell her I'm not interested in being friends. And then a couple weeks go by or a month or goes by or whatever and the girl reaches out and then they go right back to doing exactly what got them rejected. And they get rejected again for the same exact reasons. And it's like, so if you're in that situation – If you're here and somebody's starting to reach out after you screwed it up a few months or even a few years ago, that's why it's so critically important in between that time where you've been rejected or pushed away that you get to know the book and you read it and you practice it because if you don't practice and then that girl starts to come back, your skills haven't gotten any better. You're still the same dude and you'll turn her off for the same reasons all over again like he's done and like I did without even realizing in my 20s. She wasn't receptive to making definite dates anymore. I continued to pursue for about two months and I probably sent her 20 texts and I left her three long voicemails about how I was really into her. another thing you see in a lot of movies is if you just tell a girl how much you like her and you tell her it over and over, how much you really, really, really like her, she'll go, oh, wow, he really likes me a lot, so I guess I'll fall in love with him. Doesn't matter, it has no effect. I mean, women are flattered they like the attention, but it has no effect on their attraction level. I acted needy, not fun, and playful, and that's what initially drove her away. She eventually placed a no-contact order on me, and I never did call or text her again. However, I started posting on Facebook about her, and that got me in trouble with the law. The district attorney interpreted that as contacting her. I got a felony for stalking her and fortunately only did three months in jail. No bueno, dude. Or muy malo, as they say in Spanish. It's like I haven't had Spanish in 30 years. It's like I've forgotten most of it. It could have been much worse. Yeah, absolutely. I'm dating two girls now and she recently had the no contact order removed and has tried sending me messages funny how that works i had a guy that used to work for me years ago back when i was in real estate and he had this girlfriend They used used to drink too much and smoke a little too much weed together and and they were getting these arguments and these fights and i remember one night he was telling me he's sleeping in bed he's kind of like half past out she started yelling at him he's like what and she took a beer bottle and fucking whipped it right at him Missed him, hit the wall, fucking glass shattered everywhere and <laughs> he, he kicked her out, told her to leave and then like at some point that night he hit a solid core wood door, this really nice door and she, this little fucking girl, could have been more than 95, 100 pounds, she fucking kicked the door out. I mean just <clears> – <throat> I, I couldn't believe it. I mean I was over at his house like a few days later and he kind of nailed it back together and everything. I was just thinking – How the fuck did she kick this door in, dude? So he ended up getting a restraining order against this particular girl. And then it's like two weeks later, and it was like, he's like, that's it, I'm done. You know, she's out of my life. And I was like, hey, you know, it's like a couple weeks later, I was like, hey, man, what'd you do this weekend? He's like, I was like, dude, come on, you didn't. He's like, yeah, he's like, I let the no contact order expire and I was balls deep in her ass last night. I was like, dude, I love you, but you're fucking nuts. Dude. He's like, I just, I like the crazy. I like the crazy girls. Like, what, what can you do? It is what it is. He says, I haven't responded yet. I still have really strong feelings for her and she's smoking hot, but she can't know that I still feel this way. Dude, if I were you, after I mean, you spent three months in jail and you got a fucking felony, dude. I wouldn't do it. It's like playing with. It's like this the analogy of the scorpion and the frog. I mean, think about it. The the, the frogs he's swimming in the pond, minding his own business. Scorpion's like, hey, dude, I you know, a pond's really big and. You know, I need to get to the other side. He says, just let me jump on your back. You can swim me across the lake. And the frog is like, You're a fucking scorpion. There's no way. You'll just sting me and then I'll die. And, and the scorpion goes, Hey, if I get on your back and I sting you, you're going to get paralyzed and then you're going to sink and we're both going to die. And the frog goes, well, Okay, hey, that makes sense. So he gets about halfway in, out in the middle of the lake and he's like, Zzz! He's like, Oh, what'd you do that for? Now we're both going to die. He says, Hey, man, I'm a scorpion. That's what I do. So the moral of the story is, she's the scorpion. I would not let her get on your back again, dude. She fucked up an opportunity to see you. I mean, to do what she did is like, thanks but no thanks. Cause she could have gone to the judge and say, you know, we've been friends since high school, and I don't want him to get in trouble. But she didn't. She could have had the thing lifted, but she didn't. And then years, you know, it's I guess it's been a couple years since you heard from her. I block her number, no way. You must resist the urge. Because you never know. You don't know what what she's like or the way she could be. She'd get pissed off at you and, and go and have the thing reinstituted. And then how much – how long would you get locked up for a second time round? Is it really worth it? I mean one thing if you've been sleeping with her, I'd be like, Dan, that must be some really good fucking pussy for you to be thinking about hooking up with this girl like my buddy did. But – You never even hooked up with her. It's like let the past be the past and if you see her at a reunion just say hey you know it's really shitty what you did and I don't want anything to do with you. I was thinking of telling her I'm dating two other girls right now but I guess I have room to date another. Don't do it dude. Just don't do it. I want to feel chased like she chased me for the first two years. I want her to feel like she has to compete with these other two girls I'm dating to win me back. Let silence be your answer. That's a really powerful fucking answer. Dude, you spend three months in fucking jail. If she ever fucking decides to go after you again, you're going to spend a lot longer than three months in jail, dude. Don't fucking do it. No pussy's worth that. Trust me. You did say women like a challenge, right? Is that the proper way to go about this? No, the proper way to go about this is to block her fucking number and probably get in touch with your attorney and say, "Hey, this girl's contacting me after all this shit," and let maybe your attorney can talk some sense into you. I know Corey that you would probably never let a girl like that back into your life. You think? But I've known her since I was fourteen. Dude, you spent three months in fucking jail and now you got a felony. And to be honest, I've always loved her. Come on, man. I only started dating other women to try and forget about her anyway. Well, the idea is to find somebody better and improve your skills. She had her chance. She fucked it up. Since I didn't think she would return, but she has. Since learning what you've taught, dating has been easy. And once a woman has experienced me in bed, she begins begging me to be exclusive. I just wish I found your work a couple of years ago and saved myself all this legal trouble. Well, do yourself a favor. Listen to what the fuck I'm telling you to do and save yourself for some more legal trouble. Because if you mess around with this fucking girl and she flips on you, you're going to have a hell of a lot more legal trouble. It's not fucking worth it. Unless, of course, you enjoyed being in jail and that was a wonderful experience for you. Thanks for all your help, Corey. You aren't just saving men's dating lives, but you are saving them from jail or even prison time. Pursuing love is feminine behavior and a man should only be pursuing his purpose in life and nothing else. I hope this email helps to show other people how dangerous pursuing a woman can be. Definitely something to think about. So, if you'd like to get my help personally, go to my website, click the products tab at the top of your screen on any page of my website, and just book whichever option works best for you. And I will talk to you soon.